Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us again. Vince is here. Art in the building one more again. With a hell of a guest like we always do. Art. Talk to me. What you think about hip-hop, man? Oh, man. What kind of question is that? I don't, <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't have positive feelings about hip-hop, you don't have a black card. You ain't even get your black card. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how deep I think it is. Hip-hop Hip hop is a part of a black culture. It's a part of us. It's... it's, it's the stories. Do you love the, it though? Oh, easily, easily. Love is probably an understatement. Does it love you back? It get me through a lot of great times, good, it, it, bad, and indifferent. Yeah, man, I, I absolutely, I adore it. How about you though? No doubt, man. As much as we, as much shit as we talk here about it, right? You absolutely, man. J- just going back to like the Dwelle episode, man. Hip hop, music mm-hmm. carried me through all type of shit, good, bad. Indifferent, crazy. like that's how I remember what I remember. Like all my life moments are tied to some song, some activity that happened at the same time. You fucking right, of course mm-hmm. I love it, man. Yep. That's but the I'm question saying. here is: Did hip hop say Black America? Ooh, right. Ooh. Don't even answer that. Ooh. We got a guest in the studio. I'm not gonna give you his name quite yet, but that's what we're gonna talk about today. But before we do that, we gotta handle this business. So for those of you all who are new to the podcast, let me tell you just a little bit about it. Wild Black does two things. We tell the stories of black folks in any industry or area who by choice, by force, or in the name of survival, act in a nuanced manner. Think about how we act at work, code switching. Think about the things we have to do to survive police stops, being pulled over. We accompany those stories with expert information to help us all survive and thrive and to remind you that you're not alone in this struggle. Two, we tell the stories of struggle and success from us, for us, and by us that should inspire us to go and grow. And we do it every week, week after week, after week, after week. We want you to be the best version of you that you can be, but we need your help in return. We need you to do three things. Three of them. Share this podcast. Share it with anyone whom you think might benefit from hearing the words that we're putting out here. We need you to go hit iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. Give us a five-star review. Talk to us. Talk about it. Three, hit us up on our social media. Wild underscore black is the IG page. It's growing. There's a lot of activity. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Or you can just hit us directly at our email. Wildblackpodcast at gmail.com. All that contact information is in the episode description. Please use it. Matter of fact, go share the episode right now. Check out DRS Studios. They do all the recording for us. Hit them up at drsatl.com. But enough of the business. Let's get into what we're here for today. Today's guest. Today we have the pleasure of welcoming a guest to the show who has earned the labels, legend, pioneer, hip-hop originator. He was a huge part of hip-hop's infancy and today is considered a legend, being one of the one of hip-hop's premier DJs. Yes, he fostered yes, his skills alongside of Run DMC and his close friend Jam Master J before becoming the DJ for the famed and historic Beastie Boys. While Black wants to welcome to the show today, DJ Hurricane. Welcome, brother. Peace, peace. What's good? I'm here. Man, yeah. So glad to have you here, bro. So welcome. We want to give you a few moments. Tell the listeners a little bit about you, how you got started, what you're doing. Just talk to them a little bit. Oh, man, how much time we got? I had a long history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, man. I got started uh, basically at the beginning um, with hip-hop. A cousin of mine gave me a tape of uh, The Furious Four right. before they was The Furious, Furious Five. five. Wow. Right. You know it's early. There wasn't five of them. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, wow. Right. And I was a kid, you know, and I heard it, and I started writing down their rhymes, and I started practicing it. And at the time, um, in Queens, you know, we didn't really have what the Bronx had right away. Like, they had Flash and Scratch of the Beats. And then I ran to a brother named Davey DMX. Davey had a crew called Solo Sounds, but they right. didn't really have MCs. So I told him I knew how to MC, and I went there, and I started MCing for him, and I started writing rhymes. And 
became Soul Sounds and we started performing. We was actually the first rap group that did hard hip hop in Hollis, Queens. This is before Run DMC became Run DMC. So, right. So we started going around doing shows. And uh, at the time, Run was called uh, the son of Curtis Blow. Right. And he used to mm-hmm. open up for us. And then um, Run was also DJing for Curtis Blow. Right. And then Run broke his arm. And Curtis Blow needed a DJ, and he saw Solo Sounds perform. So he asked Davey to be his DJ. Then Davey wound up going on tour with Curtis Blow. And then um, uh, we we actually started recording songs, but they never came out because Dave went on tour with Curtis Blow. And then Dave dropped uh, One for the Trouble. I don't know if y'all remember that song. Absolutely. One for the Trouble. And then the same year, Run DMC got together and they dropped Suck and See. So that's how Hollis Queens. Got on the map. You dropped some names there, bro. And then from there, you know, um, just try to scoot you along. 86, Run DMC, Raising Hell Tour. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Houdini, Beastie Boys Tour. Was the first hip-hop tour that actually a rap group headlined off of their own album. Right. So we toured around, all around the world. And in the middle of the tour, I was already on the tour at Run DMC. Because Jay was my best friend from school days. And I was like the muscle on the crew. You know, I knew how to fight good. Right. You know, my last name is Fight. So (laughs) growing up, I knew how to fight. So they brought me on the road. You know, I didn't have to DJ or nothing because they had Jay. But in the middle of the tour, the Beastie Boys needed a DJ. And then Jay was like, yo, Kane, you should do that. And, you know, at first I was like, yo, I don't want to really DJ for them. Because, you know, they was wild white boys. They were throwing beer and shit all over the place. And I was into, like, keeping my sneakers clean and shit. You know, were, had, were they cool at the time? Did it fit you? No, they your was model? cool. They was cool. Wasn't, that wasn't the issue. Right. Them, you know, they was cool. They was fun to hang around with, but they was kind of wild on stage. Right. You know, and I had Louis Vuitton and Gucci suits and shit. I didn't really want to, you know. You were trying to get no shit I wasn't trying to do it at first, and then, you know, Jay mm-hmm. kind of convinced me, and then I started saying, well, you know, they are cool. They need the help, so let me just help them out. So I wound up doing that, and at the same time, I was recording a record with Davey D, an album with Davey D, which came out called Davey's Ride. If you see the cover now, you see Davey on the cover, me on the cover. So I recorded that same time as DJing for the Beastie Boys. So I was still Davey's MC, and at the same time as DJing for the Beastie Boys. Then we went on tour, Together Forever tour, which was Run DMC, Beastie Boys, and Davey D. So I was on stage with all three acts. Right. I was uh, rapping for Dave and scratching for Dave. And... DJ for the BC boys, and then I'd still come on stage, wouldn't even see and stay on the side of my arms, bro, and all that. Nigga, you was busy. So I was busy. <laughs> Man. And then from there, I did a group called the Afros. Yep, I remember that. Off of Jay's label. We did the Afros, so we wound up touring around the world with that. And then I came out with my own album on Capitol Records called The Horror, which was really a big record, but it was right. like an underground hip-hop record, which I toured all around the world on that record. Right. Then I still want to be in a DJ for the Beastie Boys through there. I can keep going on. I'm just trying to, you know. Well, hustling is built yeah, into you, you, isn't it? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting you it. Know, I just, you know. Bro, when did you sleep? Funny, the name of my production company is called Don't Sleep. There you go. Shit, we know you nigga did not sleep. Sleep is the cousin of death. <laughs> so, you know, I try not to sleep too much. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, what we want to do is um, we want to get into our wild black shit. And, um, what is you know? How, how do you describe wild black shit? Oh man, wild black shit is is it's the warm up. It's the warm up before we get into the to, to the heavy hidden part. Wild but the warm up is just kind of cool. It's a cool little little vibe you get with yeah, a couple of with it. little fun questions, right? And then we got one signature question at the end, and we ask all our guests. Okay, cool. uh, and it's just a real dope question. But we're gonna jump into it. First question, three questions. First, first of three. On Wild Black, we look for common bonds, the things that tie us to one another and don't. Nothing tie us together when you're like 35 and older, um, like whoopings. You know, when you grew up and getting your ass beat uh, for, for whatever reason. So in the spirit of that, and if you had to, to for whatever reason it was, if you had to pick who was going to get you a whooping. Who was going to get in that ass. Who would it have been? Out of my family? Out of your family, yeah. You got mama, you got daddy, granddaddy, you got, you got big mama. Shit or daddy. Like who who and pick, why? Who was gonna give me a whipping? Wow. Ah, uh, it'd probably be my mom. Why mom? Because you know, I was a baby of the family of six. 
So she ain't really go too hard on me. Just it was a short, a short hard whipping. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a long one, you know? Yeah. Man, see, you know? for me, it's, you know, it's the exact opposite. I, I probably would have picked Pops. He worked a lot. He was tired. It had been like two good ones. And been up. But mom, man, mom would have grabbed the, the little racetrack off the floor, the extension cord, like a fork out, the, whatever she could get. Yeah. I was getting lit. My mom is like, she's a little woman. And I'm I'm big, so mom would like hit me up in the corner, like, mama, you you, you lucky. I'm talking to you, mama. You lucky, you are lucky that I was born when I was born, because we might have had to call them people on you now. She had me in the corner, had me by my neck, pushed up against the wall. I'm telling it all, mama. You remember what you did? Up. I don't remember what I did. See. I probably didn't do nothing. <laughs> I'm lying, I probably did. <laughs> that was an accumulation ass whooping right there. That was like, hey, you know I'm I'm gonna add that to the list of shit I'm gonna get you for. Mm -hmm. you know, mom's just she would whoop my Ass. Man, that's crazy. So, All right, what about you, bro? Man, so it was one person. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about the one you didn't want to get, and it was my my grandmother in Chicago growing up. Man, oh man, she, she switch. She was a beast. She was, was like a beast. You know, well, I could imagine whatever. My grandmother, when I was a kid, she wasn't alive. My grandma died at a young age, so really, I didn't have a lot of choices with weapons. <laughs> yeah, because my dad, uh huh, he wasn't around either. But I was like a single parent. Right. Me as a kid until my stepdad came into my life. By then, I was too big to get whippings. Yeah, it would have went over yeah, well. What, what is shit. too big to get whippings? Because my mom, to this day, will probably threaten me still. Like, I'm 6'4", 300. Yeah, you know, your mother still threatening you. My mom will threaten me right now. I'm like, come on, mom. <laughs> you know, right, you know ain't nothing cracking. <laughs> right, right, right. You know I can't let you whoop me, mama. You know, I, I can leave. I but can you go. know, real talk, you a little scared when you say that. You ain't got to admit I, it. It's okay. I don't, I don't think I would even say it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't even come out. I would just be like, I would just ease on out. You just exit stage left, leave. Yeah. It. But look, grandma though. Oh man, big mama, grandma, uh, mother. Shit. That's when you got your ass beat, ass whooping. I ain't. Mm -hmm. I got so many stories. It's, it's crazy. I don't think my grandma ever got me, man. Oh, man. I was so scared of her. Shit. She used to talk so much shit. She had these big. She had these big ass dogs that like, he's mm. just scared of shit. I was just scared. I, no, nah, I never did anything. Mm. I was right. my best behavior. Well, we gonna hit the second question up. I can't wait for. It. I'm interested in this answer. All right, you charged to produce a "We Are the World" or self destruction style protest song, alive or dead. Who is on the track, and what is it titled? Chuck D. Okay, Public Enemy. Fuck the KKK is the name of the song. Oh, I'm with that. Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that. I like that's that. That's how I do. That was I easy work. That was a good like, one, We ain't got to get creative. Yeah. We got to say exactly what it is. Shit. Yeah. Flavor Flav with them, too? Flav, yeah. Flav show up at the studio. He can get some. <laughs> 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 what you think? How would you... How would you Man, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna the wife's answer. I'm gonna get the wife's answer. She um she was like, I'm gonna go get. Damn, I forgot what she said it was gonna be called. She said she was gonna get Pac, Kendrick Lamar. She said Ice Cube, Public Enemy. The wife had some. She had somebody else. I thought was good. Hmm. I can't remember because she was thinking about. So she was thinking about multiple. Yeah, yeah, multiple. yeah. She was going like. Collabo like big we are the world type of type of platform. Yeah, I feel you. Hmm. Um you thinking what you what you thinking? Let me see. Who would I have seen the hook? Uh Bob Marley. Okay. Oh shit. Hook. Chuck D on the vocals, Bob Marley on the hook. Bob Marley. Exodus. That's the name? No, the name of the song is Fuck the KKK. Oh, okay, okay. I'm okay. just saying Exodus Bob Marley's album that he Okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, yeah. gotcha. Oh man, that'll be dope, yeah. That would. What you got, Bob, bro? on that chorus, boy? Shit. Hmm. That's a great ass question, man. That, so, I would, I would get. I, I need militant, crazy niggas. That's what I would think. I, I like, so why'd you look that crazy like a, when you said like it, a DMX? He just getting out of jail. I put DMX on there, and okay. DMX got bars, so he 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 could. He's an artist. I put DMX on there. Um, I would definitely go get Cube. Cube has a has a nice mm -hmm. nice vibe about the police already. So yeah, yeah. Already you got to throw a female rapper on there. Who who is that mm. going to be? 
I've always loved Light's voice, man. Ooh. Or Yo Yo. MC Light. I go back to Yo Yo. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You go militant, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. A young Lauren Hill or... Oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Oh, see, that'll be dope. That'll be dope. Okay, I I could get with that. And then with some dead prayers. No. I didn't even think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. I, yeah. and, and the song would be called Black Power. I think I would call mine It's About Time. It's About That Time. Mm-hmm. It's About That Time. Mm. Third question. This is the signature question. This is our, we, we love this question. Our, our, our listeners love this question too. What do you love most about life while black? What do I love most about life about being black? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, there's so much I love about being black. What do I love most? My skin. <laughs> the very thing that makes about, you black. Right? Mm-hmm. Most about being black. I mean, you know, I love black people. I love black skin. I love my black mother, my black sisters, my black brothers. Uh, All black everything. I, I even love the struggle. Uh, you know, sometimes the struggle helps you be stronger, too. That's yeah. true. You know, so. And beauty comes from the struggle sometimes. Yeah, so. Growth comes from the struggle. Strength yeah. comes yeah, from I the mean, struggle. Yeah, I mean, so many so many answers you can give to that. You know, it's hard to just pick one. Mm-hmm. Me, it's hard for me to just pick one. I got you. Yeah. It's tough. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to move into our, our dope quote. Like I said earlier, the dope quote anchors the episode. And normally we'd have Waheed play it, but since we're in the, the large room, I'm going to play it from here and let you all listen. So. This is the thematic for the entire episode. Listen, soak it up, and then at the end of it, um, we'll have a little quick conversation about it. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job, is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish, and because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody's going to clean it up. We heard what Pac said. Hurricane, we'll come to you first, man. What do you, what do you think when you hear what Pac just said? Uh, I mean, I think what, what I think of when he says that is like, you know, words that come out of whether it's my mouth or your mouth, if we can speak some words and some people take heed to it, maybe that person would do better or do something to help somebody do better in any situation that they might be in. So, you know, which is what hip-hop is. Right. You know, like, hopefully when you hear brothers speak like that and talk about how the positive things they want to do to spark your brain, hopefully it sparks your brain and make you turn around your life if your life is not turned around. Right. Pac is very powerful with those words. All right, what you got, man? What do you think about that? I think about it in the sense of uh, inspiration. Like, he, he, he's trying to expose what's really happening to, to maybe the population who may not know what's really happening. So, so everybody. So my experience may be a little different than his, but he gonna, he gonna share with his full like the full frontal experience is and what it looked like and what it feel like. Right. So that somebody can actually help improve it. It may not be him, but he says somebody can help improve the situation that we in as people. Right. And I think that uh, his ability to do that and his ability to, to know that that's the power that he has in his art form and his obligation, mm-hmm. I think it's just dope. He, I mean, he, was, he was more of a, a, a real conscious um, brother anyway. So his his thoughts, I think, were a lot deeper and more introspective than than many what I would call hip hop artists or, or rappers today. So gotcha. his is like biblical. Like you, if you if you a student of hip hop, you can you can listen to things and be like, I know exactly what where he was trying to go with that. For me, there are a couple things that 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 hop out. Like when he he talks about 
a spark. And he talks about he may not be the one to create the change. And he talks about um, if I talk about it long enough, somebody's going to change it. And when I think about those three things together, I think about how important that spark is, right? If each one of us had a spark that pushed us to do something at some time, and without that spark, we might not have done whatever it is that we did. And I think that's incredibly important. And I also think it's something that I don't know if we do it enough in our community anymore. I don't know if there are enough blacksmiths or influencers or or mentors who have found a certain level of success and then gone back to spark someone. I love how Duele put it. He talked about you've got to go back and create a window or open a window for a young brother, young sister to climb through. And some of us do do that, but I don't think that spark is happening enough. The second thing is I love the fact that even as strong as Tupac was, what he did in that quote was admit that he might not have the wit, the intellect, the power, the strength, the influence mm-hmm. to make the change. And he openly admitted that, which I think is important. It's important to say, I want something done. I'm going to work toward getting it done. And even if I'm not the one to get it done, I'm playing my role so that at some point it gets done. Right. And he didn't forget to call into point the action. I'm going to push. I'm going to spark. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it so much that even if I fail to do it, someone else picks up the torch and carries it from here. And I think all that is important. Right, yeah. And so I, I kind of think that's, that's in part what this show is about. This show is about yeah. talk. We talk about a lot of things that are out there that are bothering us. Individually, I know we all do our own things to correct them and fix them. But a big part is awareness. And that's where I think Wild Black comes in to create that awareness about some things that folks may not know about. Some of our episodes are more inspirational. Some of them are more from an activist standpoint. Some of them are more about action and change. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's spot on for exactly what we're talking about. What I want to do now is I want to move into the civil rights, civil wrong. And today's is a little more reading than normal. I feel like I say that all the time now. <laughs> but I think it's, it's relevant. So I'm going to take a second and read this piece and then we'll have a quick conversation about it. Today's Civil Rights, Civil Wrong comes from a 2015 article from the Daily Beast written by Stereo Williams. It's entitled, Too Many White Hip-Hop Fans Don't Give a Shit About Black People. There are two generations of American adults now who have grown up with hip-hop, grown up with artists like Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. held up as cultural icons, with hip-hop in movies and television shows. I remember so many of my white friends quoting Ice Cube or Two Short Lyrics when we were growing up. Hip-hop connected us. I've been following the unrest in Baltimore with frustration and concern, but also with understanding. That feeling of empathy and understanding was noticeably lacking in the attitudes of some of those same white friends I'd grown up with all those years ago. Those kids who loved Ice Cube are now mothers and fathers who vote red and reacted to the murder of Freddie Gray by posting on Facebook and Twitter about thugs. Kids who had worshipped Tupac were now voicing their unequivocal support for the police who, quote, put their lives on the line. The 90s Wiggers are now in the Tea Party. I've watched this play out several times now in the wake of Eric Garner's murder, again after the murder of Mike Brown, and now during the protests that have been going on in major cities across America for months. And I realized one thing very quickly. So many of these white people who are raised on songs of struggle in the inner city of black folks just don't give a shit about inner city black folk. And that's the end of the article. So what I take from that is hip-hop is our language and it's our communication platform delivering our narratives to a world that's gobbled them up like biscuits and gravy. It seems now that so many of the lessons that we embedded inside of the lyrics that associated hip-hops and the rhythms and the beats that associated hip-hop have been dismissed and replaced with red state votes and Confederate Southern pride hopes and like Trump or, excuse me, Trump in office today. So the wild black question is this. Did we create a civil right or a civil wrong by allowing hip-hop to grow and commercialize the way it did, potentially missing the opportunity to create allies where enemies now stand. Hurricane, I'm going to come to you first, man. I know that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot right there. That was a lot. There's a lot of deepness going on. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. 
Welcome to Wild Black. Yep. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, like, did you allow something right. when it's not totally in your control? Right. Unless you have something that's totally in your control. Right. You can't say you allow it right. to happen. You right. Hip hop I mean? so is living, breathing at this it's point. It's living, breathing. Right. You know, when we did hip hop, you know, we didn't just make it for a certain person. Right. Yeah. Or a certain group of people, regardless of color, race, or creed. Right. You know, because when we came up, you know, B-Boys was Spanish. It was black. A sprinkle of white guys. Right. Not a lot. Right. You know what I mean? So we never saw a color when we was doing the music. Right. But... Once the money came into play and the white people with money seeing that what we were doing oh. can generate money, then that's when they come in. Capitalism, and, baby. And try to control right. everything. You know, and if you don't have the finances to fight them off, it's, it's a hard fight. And you're in you know need. You, 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 you need, need backing. money and need backing, backing and funding and all yeah, that. You need backing. So... And when I was reading, he was reading the article and he was talking about the people that listen to like Ice Cube, the white kids, and now they're red and they're, I mean, they probably was like that the whole time. Right. Really, but yeah. they just loved our music. Right. The ones that's acting like that. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I, they were lost I, causes from the beginning. They from the beginning. You know it. what I mean? They just loved what we were doing. Just like back in the days when jazz first started. You know what I mean? The racist people, whiteies back then, didn't like blacks, but guess what? They wanted to fucking listen to them fucking jazz players over there and play their yeah. music. You know what I mean? But but as soon as the music stopped, they go back to what they are. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm not all of them. Right. There's never all of one people right. that does the same exact thing. I mean, it's a deep question. There's a lot there. Hopefully, I, I was able to jab a little but bit of in course, it. It's, all, it's I mean? all opinion. I mean, yeah. I mean to your yep. point, like, we can't control where hip hop goes. We can't control who turns it on. Right, exactly. We can't control like corporations are using it. it to sell. We we can't necessarily control all that. And at the same time, you're talking about hip hop was born out of a community who didn't necessarily have what we were looking for. Who we weren't established, right? Right. We, when there's an opportunity to to build yourself up, to build your community, to make money you've never made before, right, like exactly, yeah, that, that's that's tough as hell. Yeah, when you don't have a color, when you trying to like somebody come to you, you selling something on on the corner, and you selling some speakers, and you got a whole bunch of speakers. If a white guy come to you and say, "Hey, I buy that for what you're asking for," I'm sell them. You're gonna sell it to him. That's right. He's gonna sell them. The cool thing I think about that that article, well, kind of stepping back, uh, hip hop is an art form. So right. it is. It is not one owner. Like it, it. Like to that point, I think that's a really good point. And it's fluid, and it's so dynamic, and it's so, it's so inviting. Right. And, and people love that vibe. Like right. no matter what color, creed, nationality, whatever, they love that vibe. It's kind of one of the things. Like like one of our guests previously said, "Hey man, I just love being black because I mean, our, our swag is just crazy. Right. Or, or you know how people mm-hmm. gravitate toward our culture and what we do and and." And I think that's a part of it. I think that what we have to do is we got to realize that that is a part of the art form and a part of the culture. However, the people who that are non-black that come in to enjoy it can easily depart from it and become what they are. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, so we can't we can't confuse you know someone consuming the art form of hip hop to mean that they have a cause that is for black people. Right. They might not be an ally. They just might enjoy vibing out to the music. Correct. So what I think about with that is like, to your point, they may not be an ally. They might be vibing out to the music. At the end of the day, they're still helping us, right? Because we're still making a dollar. Correct. Mm -hmm. Off their vibe. Yep. And I think about it like this. It's like hip hop had to grow. And had it not grown, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. True. Right. Had it not grown, Maybe Barack wouldn't have been in office. True. Right? Had it not grown, we, yeah. we wouldn't have people to look at and to remind us that we can, that we can do it. Too. We wouldn't have the Diddies and the Jay-Zs. We wouldn't have all these people who would create content, who create business, who create yeah. wealth. Well, we wouldn't have any of that. And so for me, like, the flip side of it is, I'm all right with it being used for strictly entertainment by people who, Hurricane, like you said, probably wouldn't have gave a damn anyway. Mm-hmm. All they were trying to do was bob their heads, Enjoy the music. Right. And like my wife said, they daddy was voting red already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm with it. So it ain't changed though. Or, or it, I won't say it didn't change them, but it, because I think it does have the power to change people's Some perspective. Some of them probably did. But you know, it, it, 
it's one of them lines. But I, I also like the fact of commercialization of the art form to help us actually generate wealth. Absolutely. And hip-hop is has been a, an extreme conduit to that. Mm-hmm. Listeners, don't critique me, don't come down on me, but what other industry, because hip-hop music is all industry now, what other industry has created more for us than hip-hop has in this day and time? Outside of sports. Mm-hmm. But even, even with sports, because sports is so limited to the number of players, to the number of jobs. And like uh, when I think about so sports, quantity and scale. Right, because sports has been guarded and owned by white America for so long. So we've been kept out until they realized that we could be money makers from a powerhouse on the field on the court standpoint. But we're still held out of the, yeah. the we, we're still in, in the owner suite. Right, I'm saying exactly. we still, so mm-hmm. like even with hip hop, like, I mean, even with sports, what industry has done more for us than hip hop. Granted, it, it has it's pushed drugs and pushed violence at times. I get it, but what's yeah, done more? I, I, I can't think of one. Right. I mean, like, how can it be a civil wrong? Hip hop has gotten has given more jobs to blacks than than sports. Right, it's yeah. gotten more guys off the street as well. You're talking about bodyguards, street team members. Yeah, you're talking about promotional teams. You're talking about dancers. You're talking about MCs, rappers, DJs, producers. You you talk, you're talking about the kid who's 15, 16, promoting parties in the club. Like, all that comes from that. Yeah. Then some. Every city got that. Then some. Every city. If we in that city, it got that element. The nigga selling CDs at the barbershop. Granted, we don't do CDs no more. Forgive me. I'm a a little older. But like all that. Yeah. From the industry. Now we just got to get the black guy that sells all the jewelry to sell it to him. Because they keep going every place else (laughs) buying that damn jewelry. True story. (laughs) Get some black guys that got some jewelry. Right. They can move some gold. Yeah, that's true. All right. So I know we've we've been talking already. That's civil right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Civil right. Civil right. Civil right. right. You ready to jump into this, this core question and answer section? I'm, I'm sitting here with the mic in front of me, so I ain't gonna be, be quiet. Whatever you Let's ask do me. It. All, right. All right. First question. What does it feel like to be called a legend? I don't know, man. I mean, even though I, I do get called a legend, it's like, I don't know. I'm so fucking cool that <laughs> the shit don't go to my head. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't know me and you meet me, I don't act like I'm a bigger person than what you are. Right, right. You know what I mean? When I hear the word legend, let me know I'm fucking getting old. (laughs) (laughs) You're a legend. Damn, I guess I am now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, Do you accept it easily now? Yeah, yeah, I accept it easily. You know, because I look at my track record, you know, that's what it is. I just want to say, like, I think, I think that's incredibly important. Like, the, the fact that you can say, yes, I accept that because I know too many of them and I struggle with this from time to time too. Like, I'm 43 now. I've done I've done a lot in like in my area, right? I've done a lot. And so it is often still hard for me to accept when someone says, Vince, you've done this, this, and this, and this. I want you to come and talk to these people about how you did. Like it's hard for me to swallow that sometimes. Like I, I go do it, but I really struggle with like those accolades. Right. And so like I think it's dope that you take it because when you take it, you can you can help. You can do more faster. And I, I think a lot of us struggle with that. Before we get into some of the, the, the tougher questions, why rap? Why DJing? Like, I, I know how you got started, but like when I think back to like those times, it wasn't, it wasn't like truly established yet. Mm-hmm. Like what made you take that risk? You'd be like, you know what? I'm all in. Like I'm going in on this. Why aren't you an accountant today? You know, why, why aren't you a ball player today? How, what was it about hip hop? I was rich? nice on the court too. <laughs> I was. I was real nice on the court. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it was written and you didn't know how it was written for you. Um, at the time when I was a kid, you know, I was in the streets. And the one thing I fell in love with besides the streets was hip hop. Right. You know, I didn't fall in love with, I loved basketball. I loved it dearly, but I wasn't in my school books once I got to high school in order to survive the basketball dream. When I was in the streets, I was doing music at the same time. So it was like, you know, you're going to be in the streets or you're going to do this music. You know what I mean? I I didn't really have another plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. Of something that I love to do. Right. So you just stuck with what you love. I just stuck with what I loved. I didn't know that what I was doing was going to wind up being a career. That wasn't my goal at first. It was just like I I love to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because when I started, it wasn't like... 
guys was making millions of dollars already. I'm like, yo, I can do this and make millions. Like right. nowadays, kids come into it, they come into it as, yo, I fucking can be a rich as fuck. I right. can make all this money. When I first started, I just did it for the love of the music. You know what I mean? So I didn't know that right. I could become famous or a legend. Right. Because it was none there before me that was legends or multi-millionaires right. in doing hip-hop. That, that says man, a lot in itself, man. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, like, if if you pull a nugget out of that, that man, you pull a gem out of that one, just following your passion and following what you love creates a legend uh, or legendary activity or it paves the way for this whole industry of greatness that kids right. now can look and be like, oh, my God, I can make millions doing this. Man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, I think what's important is, like, that is crazy. sitting back and... Not succumbing to people's opinion. Like, I, I know I've heard it so many times told to kids and young adults, like, you can't make no money doing that. Go do something else. Mm -hmm. Like, that advice that comes from a very authentic and great place, but like, I'm with it. Like, I, I made the mistake of not following what I loved. And years later, I, I ended up starting over because I was so out of love with what I was doing every day. I think that's something powerful about being able to like follow what it is that you really love at that time, regardless of what people are saying. So you talked about loving hip hop and we've, we've mentioned like the storytelling inside of hip hop. So if, if hip hop is the language of black America and the vehicle we use to communicate our stories and its roots are firmly in the black community and the Hispanic community, the community of color, the roots are firmly there. But today its branches are everywhere. Politics, social justice, justice, corporate America, commercial. So with all that hip-hop has become today, what's black about it now? What's black about it right now is it's still hip-hop. And hip-hop is black. Right. You know, you can try to flip it. They can try to do whatever they want to do, but hip-hop is, is black. Always you know, and forever. That's right? where it's always and forever black. That's where it started from. That's where it's roots. From the roots Origin. of blackness. You right. know what I mean? You can't turn black into something else. Black is black. You know what I mean? If you paint black on the floor, you ain't gonna be able to turn that black like that. You know what I mean? You can, black. you can take Even a if red you cover mark, it up, it's still black it's, under it's there. It's still black. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Even though we may have, which is, you know, which is a blessing that you do have different races that love hip hop. But at the end of the day, hip hop is still black. Yeah. Even right. if this guy raps hip hop or that guy raps hip hop, Chinese or Asian or white or whatever color you may be, whatever race, creed, I mean, hip hop is still black. Yeah. You got to absorb the culture just to be part of it. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first time going to Japan, getting off the plane, run DMC. They didn't speak no English. But mm -hmm. when we did still the concert, music, we did the concert, they knew the words. But you couldn't hold a conversation with them. But they knew the words to the song. Do you think that, so like, knowing that they couldn't speak the language and they were, they were reciting what they heard, just like I used to do to like color me bad, like the little, the little part they sang in Spanish, I don't know what the fuck they were saying, but I could say that shit in Spanish back on the floor yeah. every day. Like, do you think that, do you think, do you think they felt something from it? Like, they didn't know what the words meant, but they were vibing. Do, do you think they felt anything? Yeah, they felt it. What, what do you think? What do they feel? Like I know you can't say specifically what they felt, but like I think they just, what was it like? Just like when you play that music, that energy just gets in your body. You know, the boom bap gets in your body like no other. Even like when you listen to like Bob Marley, you know, and you listen to the words, it just does something to you. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like man, oh man, you just y'all a beautiful song can right just now. yeah, a beautiful song, man, just. The energy of the song, you can feel it in the person that's singing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or saying it. You can you can feel you can feel good music. You can feel hip hop. You can feel the energy. And just a moment ago, we talked about how hip hop has created so much for us as black folks. So I'm gonna ask you the same question that I kicked around with art at the beginning. Can hip hop save black America? Well, hip hop is already saved a lot of black Amen. America. Amen. You know what I mean, it's already done a good job yeah, with saving black story. people. I'm a witness to that. I'm, right. And it saved me. It's like I mean? your whole career, like start to finish. Yeah. You know, if I wasn't doing hip hop, I can't tell you if I would still be sitting here. Right. You know what I mean? 
grew up in a bad neighborhood. So and I've seen my friends that wasn't doing hip hop right. get killed or wind up going to jail for the rest of their lives or a great portion of their lives. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hip hop. So we flip it. Hip hop is already saving black America currently in the past and in the future. Right. What do, what do you think we owe hip-hop? What does black America owe to hip-hop? Oh, wow. Uh, definitely support. Right. Forever. Support, respect, and gratitude. Okay, I like that. I like that. What, is it, what does it look like for... Let's, let's talk about... So it's, I think it's, it's crazy almost to think that all these generations now have been born with hip-hop, like, primed, right? So for someone who might be listening to this podcast who is... 20, 18, right? They think they're grown, but they, hadn't, they haven't experienced life yet. Mm-hmm. How, how do they show hip-hop love? How do they respect something that they may not even really understand themselves because some of them could be as foreign to hip-hop as the folks in Japan were. So how do they respect the craft, respect the industry? How do they love I think it? you got to respect it because you got to do your homework on it. Right. You got to see where it came from, where it right. started. You know, you got to dig under the dirt. Not just walk on top of it. You got to dig and see where it came from. I like that. You know what I mean? So even before hip-hop, I was still listening to um, my older brothers and sisters was playing James Brown and Funkadelic. And, you know, I did my homework on right. them people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I wanted to know, like, how did they form? How did they do their music? Where are they from? Right. You know, what did, how, when, when did they start? You know, who's in the band? Who plays the drums? Who plays the guitar? Right. I wanted to know all of that. You so, were reading album credits and everything. Yeah, album credits and yeah. everything. You know, so I think, you know, the younger generation nowadays, I ain't going to say all of them because it's never all, right. but a lot of them don't even know, probably don't even know who Run DMC is. Man, that hurts you know my what heart. Because they just jumped into the pot and didn't bother to see or want to know, like, the history of it. It's funny. I'm yeah. changing course just for a minute. I can still remember to this day when I bought the Raising Hell cassette. Mm-hmm. I can't even say I bought it. Well, my mom bought it for me. I, don't, I think it might have been Bebop or Michelle's record. I can remember standing in the middle of the record store, and I was so scared to tell her what I wanted because I had to say Raising Hell. And hell, like... She'd have pulled out that extension cord and got in my ass, like, right then. So I was, I remember telling my mom, what Raisin the hell are you talking about? Raisin right. 8. You ain't getting this. And it was the, the person working behind the counter who saved my ass with that day. He was like, I got you, little man. And he went and gave my mom the tape. And she looked at me like she still wanted to be my ass, but she bought me the tape anyway. Thanks, mom. Yeah, for, for real talk. Right. That, that was my, that was my, like, formal introduction into hip-hop was that cassette tape. I still remember the cover. I played the cowboy shit out of that yeah. tape. And it wasn't like that. That CD didn't have no. curse words no. like that. No. I think it might have been one or two. Right. Maybe I was just so scared yeah, to but, say hell. Right. Mm. When you think about like your history and your experience and, and um, the groundwork that's been laid, I don't know if you can call it. It's evolved or or, or it's devolved or it, it. How would how would you describe music today? And then what are you listening to today? How to describe music today? All music or just hip hop? Oh, um, well, is there other hip hop? Everything's hip hop nowadays, right? Right. Um, you know, hip hop to me has always been everybody's not dope. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's not dope. Me coming up, everybody wasn't dope. You had some guys that was whack. You had some guys that didn't make good albums. And to me, it's nowadays it's like that still. You know what I'm saying? You got to pick and choose what you like. You know? Yeah. I mean, I be rocking it like J. Cole. Man, you heard yeah. the new track? Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. Middle you Child. Like yeah. It's fire. Yeah, I rock J. Cole. I rock yeah. Kendrick. You know, Meek Mill. Um, I rock the Meek. That champion was, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Drake. Everybody be fronting on Drake. Drake know like how to make Drake. a song. Yeah. I like Drake. Drake yeah. know how to make a song. Uh-huh. Drake Everybody be singing Drake. Drake can make a song, yo. Then, of course, you got your other stuff that you might not like. You just don't buy it. Yeah. I don't yeah. listen to it. It's always been artists that, that sucked, that was whack, that was kind of trash or garbage. You know, it's always been there. 
Do you think it's a higher degree of it in hip-hop that's getting out now? Yeah, it's a higher degree of accepting it right now. You know, it's it's, it's a higher degree of accepting the garbage. Exactly. When I was coming up, it wasn't a lot of garbage that was being accepted. You had to really show and prove your skills. Yeah. I think part of that's because there's no gatekeepers. You can put it out. You can make it and put it out yourself now. Like, you can get it out there. Yeah, yeah. That's part of it, definitely. You know, social media, of course, is part of it. And, you know, throwing it out yourselves. A lot of these guys, if they still had to depend on the record label right. to give them a deal before they actually got big, they, they probably wouldn't get a deal, <laughs> you know, with their demos. They'd be a 7-Eleven you know selling saying? Slurpees. Another question I want to mm. bring up. You were with the Beastie Boys. Their album, License to Ill, was, was huge for them. They had the song Fight for Your Right. In their case, it was Your Right to Party or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, what is it right now that we're still fighting for that worries you the most being a black man in this country today? Uh, so we're still fighting for the equal rights. True story. Yeah, that. so yeah. we still don't get equal rights with everything. So we're still fighting for that. I mean, that's just, just, just you know, we're still fighting for the police to treat us equal. Mm. You know, every black bald-headed man is not the criminal. You know what I'm I mean? newly bald. Right. Like, as soon as they say he was a black male, bald head, you walking down the street, that's all you're going to look for. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's bald headed, he's, he's black. Go to jail. Right. Yeah, so we still fight. 7 for two. Rights, you know? get a 5 2 motherfucker says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, crazy. What the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Just recently, I see an article that came out when D, uh, DMX just got out of jail. Yep. Yeah. The newspaper got a picture of DMC. Oh, dude, I saw that. I didn't see that. Oh, it says, man. Picture it was DMC. Crazy. Why they do it? It was, it was a picture of DMC. It says DMX, fresh out of jail. Yeah. I sent it right to D. I was like, look at this bullshit. <laughs> crazy. So I got the, the D right. The D and the M right. They got that right. <laughs> it's <a> damn shame. <laughs> Fucking disaster. All right. So this is a question that like, I, I really wanted to ask you. So when you think about how we introduced you with legend, pioneer, hip-hop, originator, all that. You built that brand for yourself at a time where the DJ wasn't the star. It was the MC at this point, right? It it had flipped from when hip-hop, like, first introduced to the scene. But you still managed to create that brand for yourself, which I think is powerful. So, two-part question. How did you break through the clutter of just the MC being out front to create that brand? And even more importantly, how would you recommend to a young brother or a young sister listening to this now who also wants to break through the noise, break through the clutter, and create their own brand? When I first started, you know, um, you know I started, I was MC Hurricane before I was DJ Hurricane. Well, I didn't actually. know that. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, my sister and I was DJs, but they wouldn't right. let me touch the turntables. Ah, then yeah. I had got that tape of the Furious Four. Right. And I started writing rhymes first. And then when I met Davey D, he was a DJ. So I started rapping for him. And as time went on, I learned how to DJ. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I switched my name to DJ Hurricane. Gotcha. That's why I was able to make rap records with Davey D and the Afros and put out my own gotcha. solo album because I was rapping before I was DJing. I, had, I thought you I thought you DJed it like, let me let me give this rap thing a shot. I thought, okay, cool. I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't yeah, realize so, it was that way. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, you know, it was. I mean, now, nowadays, you know, the, the DJ is not as out front as it used to be. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you knew who NWA DJ was. You know what I mean? He was DJ Absolutely. Yeller. You Absolutely. knew Jam Master J was Run DMC. You knew Grand Master D was Houdini. Right. You know, you knew you knew these things. You knew Carol S1 DJ was Scott LaRock. Right. You knew all yeah. those who they DJ was. You know what I mean? They was like hand in hand. But nowadays, you don't really know or right off the jump, you know, who's Kendrick Lamar's DJ? Do you know that, like, right off the jump? You got to think about it for a minute. You know, you have to, even, I even got to think, you know, J. Cole, dang, who's J. Cole's DJ? You know? Who is J. Cole's DJ? I, I don't know. That's, I don't, a, that's I don't, a good question. I don't know either. I can find out. But though. that just shows you that, you know, right. the, the DJ point. is not as out front as it used to be. Right. But the DJ is still very important right. to the rapper, Absolutely. especially if you're still using a DJ. Right. And not a band. I think, you know, to brand yourself, you have to make sure you out there so people can see your brand. That's number one. If they don't see your brand, then you ain't got no brand. 
So you got to figure out a way to get yourself out there so people can see you and hear about you and know who you are and get your logo together so they can see that logo in their face and you can brand yourself. It's much easier to brand yourself nowadays with social media. All these visual mediums out there. All this visual stuff. You can brand yourself all day. You don't need that extra push. You just got to push yourself. Right. So we've talked about hip-hop, the black community, hip-hop in general, your background. So let's let's talk about today. What does what your role in hip-hop look like today? Uh, my role right now, I'm real happy with what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, I'm uh, right now I got a show that's going to be airing, I don't want to say when, but this year. It's called Jay's Hat. Okay. And um, I'm taking it back to the essence. You come into my house, come up to the third floor of my attic. I got my turntable set up. But I have Jam Master J's actual hat in a glass case. And um, I get behind the turntables and I have different famous artists come upstairs and I throw in their song and they start rapping to their beat. I mean, to their song. And then I have them put on Jam Master J's actual hat and we go into another cut. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I've had everybody from Snoop Dogg to Ice Cube, Salt and Pepper, Rakim, Kane, uh, Red Man, Scarface. I've had probably over 50 guests so far. And listen, you, can go, to, you, you can go to YouTube oh, yeah. and just pull up some of these. I watched, I don't know how yeah. many of them, just the other night. Yeah, but the ones that's on YouTube is so funny. Those are the early ones, and I was shooting it. I first started shooting it from my phone. Right. Because it was just an idea. Right. It was just yeah. clowning around. But then, the response was going crazy on Facebook, actually. Right. And everybody kept wanting more. And I was like, damn, this shit's kind of dope. So then that's when I had to bring the whole camera teams in. So you done picked it up for what I saw yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, the shit on okay. YouTube is like first grade. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Listen, don't don't <laughs> yeah. go to YouTube. Just hold yeah, on and wait. Yeah, this is first grade. What? YouTube is first grade. So now that shit is like really up. Hey, that's a dope yeah. concept, though, too. Yeah, I it's like dope. that. It's dope. It's really dope. You, how, how, did that, how did that come to you? It wasn't even planned. It's like, you know, Greg Nice was at my house, and I was fucking around the turntables, and I said, yo, let's just fucking record and put it on Facebook. And then Greg Nice was like, okay, I'm going to come up the stairs. I was like, yeah, come up the stairs. So I just doing Greg Nice joint. He came on stairs. Dizzy Gillespie plays that. And I was like, okay, cool. Post it. Everybody's like, yo, that was dope. Then CL Smooth came by one day. And I actually. These names he's dropping. Right. Like, <laughs> like actually just had, normal shit. My cousin Louie came to the crib. <laughs> <laughs> CL Smooth came by. And I always had Jay's hat like in the closet in the same box. I never took it out. His wife gave it to me when he, when he passed. So when he came by, I was like, yo, let's do Down with the King. You do your verse, and I'm going to give you Jay's hat to put on. He was like, word? I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do that. And then we did that, and it just, that's how it just pieced together, you know? It just the cats be together. nervous around the hat. Like, I could tell, I, I saw You know what's so crazy it. about the hat? Some cats will come over, they don't really know how, you know, because we ain't always hanging, I ain't hang out with everybody coming up. Like, you don't want to so be some, the dude who drops the hat. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Step on the hat stupid, shit. Right? Crazy <laughs> shit about some cats will come. They be like, oh, I can't. I'll do a song, whatever, boom, boom. But when they put the hat on, right. it's like a whole different energy happens, yo. It's like, all of a sudden, they want to do three more songs. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, yo. Yo, let's go, yo. Da, 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 da. Snoop put the hat on. He fucking did like three more songs. Like, it always happened. Never fails. Never fails. No, you put the hat on. It's like, yo, I want to keep going. Like, you I, transfer some energy through the hat. Yeah. I don't want you to say any names. I wouldn't. We wouldn't put you in that position. But have you ever had someone over wearing the hat? You like, if this nigga don't take this hat off, have you had that moment yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we ain't that type of show. We ain't even gonna ask you who. I just want to know how it happened. Keith Murray. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck it. I'm gonna put him out there. Yeah, man. Keep worried. But who who hadn't been to the house? Like, you literally named like everybody I listened to. to. Yeah, it's been been a blessing. Like, mad people. I still got like four or five on my list. I got a corner. Who's your dream guest? Oh, shit, man. I kind of got him already. Okay. You know? 
I mean, yeah, I kind of got the dream guys I, was, yeah. I had at the top of the list. So you just got a hit list. You just got to work. I just got another hit list now that, okay, I got to get these guys right here. Boom. I want to, mm. I love talking about that, but I want to talk a little bit about growing up hip hop. I've seen your daughter on the show, seen you on the show. Mm-hmm. How did that come to be? Well, they got in contact with my daughter. Right. And my daughter asked me, can she, you know, they want her to be on the show. They want me to be on the show. So I was like, I ain't been on the reality show. She's like, okay. And then next, you know, a couple of days later, Daddy, but they really want <laughs> you to be on the show. I mean, I can't be on the show without you. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, yo, I don't want to do no reality show. Like, what? what is it again? It's growing up hip-hop. What are they doing? Like, are they fighting every day? Are they... Throwing shit. I said, I'm not getting on TV doing none of that shit. I'm not going to be fighting nobody on TV and throwing none. No, no, no. It ain't going to be like that. You're going to be shaking tables. Right. So, you know, <laughs> then she, you know, goes into the mom and they both. Oh, you got ganged up on. You got ganged up on and I was kind of like arm um, twisted. Didn't want to be the bad guy for my daughter that had the dream to do right. it or whatever. So I broke down. <laughs> Yo, he said that like a real, a real pops. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's real talk. Yeah, they got a they got a way with us. That's for, sure. for, the, yeah. for the for the baby, that's it. How yeah. has she enjoyed it? How, how has it changed her? Oh yeah, she it changed her tremendously. Because before, you know, she was really independent. Like she was uh like a super manager for like H&M like whenever H&M would open a store in a different country or a different Damn. city they would send her to open a store to show everybody oh, how dope. to operate it so she, she had real responsibility she already. had responsibility yeah. already so she was you know she was, never used to have to ask me for money at all like she was self sufficient you know right. what I mean so yeah. now she can't go to the store because everybody noticed her. Like, she goes to the restaurant. Can I take a picture? Can I, uh, uh. Now yeah. it's like, you know, it's gotta your be freedom. Hard. Your freedom is gone. Like, everybody knows who you are now. But she has a really it's good head on her shoulders. Here. I'm glad she's yeah. old enough to uh, to deal with it. Right. Like, if yeah, she yeah. was a little girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would have been like, no, you ain't doing that. You gotta, no. But she's got a great, great, Head on her shoulders. That's cool. Yeah. All right, couple easy questions. Are we getting easy? Oh, yeah, we're getting easy. <laughs> we're getting easy. <laughs> what old school group would you reunite? Dead or alive? You, dead or alive? Shit. Gangstar? Ooh. I forgot about Gangstar. Shit. Tribe Called Quest? Oh, um, yeah. Reunite? What up, DJ Rasta? UTFO. Them guys hadn't performed together in fucking ever. Furious Five. I would love to have seen those guys. You lit up with that one. That's, uh, that must be the final answer right there. Yeah, Furious okay. Five. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. What's hip-hop missing? Uh, what is it missing? More dope MCs. More I'm, dope I'm, rappers. I'm, I completely snapped that answer. Yeah. Definitely need more dope rappers. Like I'm good with the diversity in hip hop. I actually like it. Right. I like the folks are doing stuff differently. They saying stuff differently. They rapping differently. I, I like all that, but I do miss Bars. like the cats that you could just be like, they mm. spit. They mm. You know what I really miss also, man, that we don't have nothing of. Like I need another public enemy group. I'm with that. Like I need another mm-hmm. group to come in and talk about blackness, like and the radio play it. Right. And support it. And then not be corny, yeah. like be real. Right, exactly. Like we need that. You know what I mean? That's so real. I want I want like a, I want another um I want someone to come back like the way Lauren Hill did. And right. not Lauren's not gone. Like I know I know she flakes off on concerts, but I went to her concert in Chastain Park here earlier la- earlier last year. Mm-hmm. She came out like five, ten minutes early. They had to kick her off stage. She only walked off, she walked off stage maybe for three minutes. She performed. Song after song after song after hit after hit for like two hours straight. She killed. Mm. It. I said, I'm, I'm gonna get back, but she killed it. Bar spitters, though. So yeah. we've, we've talked about Real the fact that you're a legend and that you're mm. you're okay with being called that. How are you using that legendary status to help create next? 
uh, you know, I still, you know, mentor young MCs. Okay. And um and DJs. You know, so I use my knowledge and my legendary status to help MCs develop. Over if the they want to learn. Right. That's the key. You, you want know? to talk about something at all? Yeah, I mean, it don't matter what your color is if you show the love of hip hop. And Amen. I respect will definitely, it. if you respect it and you cut me of some respect, then yeah. I mean, I got a young guy now named Samson. Right. Um, Instagram out. He spits Thanks, crazy. Sammy. He spits crazy. He spits crazy and he did his homework on hip hop. Right. Like he respects the OGs. Right. He knows all about them. He knows all about their songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when I first met him, he was a kid. He was like 13 and a half. How long have you been rocking with him now? Uh, like, he's 20, so seven and a half oh, You put real time in here. Yeah. That's oh, love. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's been on and off because he was in school. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right, still, the, the thing I like about there. it is that when I first met him, he didn't know how to make a song. He just knew how to just keep rapping for a long time. So I had to teach him how to make bars yeah. and how to you make choruses. In there then. You know what I mean? How to rap fast and then slow it down so they could understand you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I used to give him homework to go listen to this guy, listen to that guy. So, you know, he took heed to what I was saying. And now when you hear him spit now, it's like, oh, yeah. He sounds like he got a, some old school in him, right? but he's killing the mic. That's cool. I love the give back, man. Yeah. All right, brother. I got one last question. You, you got anything you want to get out real quick before? Mm-mm, go ahead. All right. Yeah. This, I go, this might be the toughest question of the night. Oh, shit. Let me get some water. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've been in hip-hop for a minute now, right? What is the absolute dopest line you can recall? Oh, shit. From all of your experience with hip-hop. Yours, anyone you've ever heard, anyone you've ever worked with. Dopest line? His face. That, that anguish again. He didn't say dopest verse. He said dopest line. Right. I'm not just just line. I'm, I'm gonna be wrong if I answer the question because there's so many lines. <laughs> like, how can I get this right? Should we give him a break, bro? Maybe give him top three? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That ain't helping them. Uh, uh. We can give him top ten right. and it'll probably still be a challenge. <laughs> you go first, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come, come back to me. Think about that for a minute. Before you do it, no, sir, I'm not answering yet. It's all on you. Before he was gonna flip it on me. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. You know, matter of fact, on, we ain't gonna answer. On. Listeners, you tell us what you think the dopest line in hip hop is. I'm doing it that way because I don't want to answer the question. I was gonna say Chuck D. Elvis was a hero to most, but it never meant shit to me. Straight out. Civil and plain, motherfucking man, John Wayne. Hell, right now, yeah, that that line right there, like stuck in your head. Then you got rock. That's me tapping out. You know what I mean? Ain't no joke. I used to let the mic. Come on, man, it's too much. (laughs) I can't do it. It's too much, yo. I can't do it. Uh, Oh, you like you still trying? I'm not trying. I'm I'm thinking of all the my brain just start exploding. It's difficult to say one line that's just the one. I ain't doing it. Yeah, I, I. Oh, I imagine music is so long and everlasting. Yeah, don't stop. Right when you think you heard it all, so you haven't. It's an impossible question. We tend to bring those out on the show a little bit. Some impossible ass questions, brother. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that make you sit back and think is that shit, man. I, shit, shit. I can't wait with these listeners to come back with There's so much, man. <laughs> There's so much. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. Like, that's it. So much. Man, that's well, you got me wanting to listen to Rakim on the way home. Speaking of Nasty Rakim, did you all see his tiny concert, the NPR tiny concert that he did? Yeah, I seen it. I was uh uh-uh, I I ain't see that. It ain't joint. gonna be better than the Jay's hat concert. I feel you. I'm ready. There ain't no band. You got two turntables. I'm loving it. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen with that. Yeah. And right. and Rakim got on the turntables and was scratching too. You had him too? What? So you said that? Yeah. Man, who the, yeah. Rock Kim Both of them. Rock Kim, Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh, Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play. Oh, shit. Look how he just, just spitting these, these folks oh. in his house. Like oh, just, bro, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be. In the house. In the Man, that ain't nothing. Listen, last that. week at my crib, I had Lamont. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, uh, Terry. 
I had I had my cousin, uh, like, right, right, Sean. right. It's it's just that easy, right? You know what I'm it's, saying, yeah. We do this over here. <laughs> listen, as soon as we know more about it, we'll definitely share it with you. Promise. Mm-hmm. But listen, that's that's all I got today. All right, you got anything, brother? Man, dope, 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 dope. I love it. I love it. Research. You History. go ooh Check and ah when I jump in my car. People treat me like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. No matter who you are, when I'm up to par, I bet you go hip hop and ready to raw. But the eyes and oohs is my kind of news. Pop your tape in, put your car in cruise. I never heard the booze. I never drank booze. What's that? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> he hit us with, with, with wild black shit. Yeah. Wait, who is that? Chuck D. Tombo. He knew word for word to kill that. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a nice ride home, boy. Be good money. Just don't yeah. get pulled up. You know you can't have your phone in your hand in Atlanta no more. Hurricane, brother, man, I've appreciated the hell out of this interview. Yeah, man, we appreciate you coming through. We always turn the mic over to our guest at the end. Let you tell the people whatever it is you want to tell them. So, brother, the floor is yours. Uh, people out there, be safe. 2019, believe in yourself, and your goals will come true. Amen. Stay with it. Stay focused. Amen. That's Peace, everybody. Up.